0: Today on the show, we talk about what it means to be a good digital citizen. The saints do indeed walk among us. And uh, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about that with our picks of the week. All this and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Well, hello! You've hit the play button on the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast cutting through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 428. For those of you who are keeping score, I am Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge in Louisiana. And joining me this week, we got Kathleen Lee. She is in uh, Studio B. Uh, for us, hey Kathleen. Hello. Also joining us, Olivia Galino uh, here in Studio A. Uh, are y'all drawing straws for that? Is that how that's working?
1: I was perfectly willing to go into the hole today, <laughs> and Kathleen graciously fell on that grenade. So.
0: Ah, uh, well, but thankfully Kathleen is is very kind in making uh you know she even brought night cheese. cheese. She yeah. brought us night cheese. Truth. Yeah, that's She's true. She's our queen. Mm. Speaking of night cheese, we've also got Father Ryan Humphreys who's a priest <laughs> of the Diocese of Alexandria. He's a pastor up in uh, northeastern Louisiana at St. Edward the Confessor Parish. Hey, Father Ryan.
2: Hey, world. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I presume the world is fine. Uh, At least in the chat room, it looks like everybody is operating within standard parameters, which is good. Yeah. Uh, You know, today is, when we're coming on the air, is a day that I always remember to forget to remember. Because on October the 5th, it's the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, Hmm. right? October fourth. October fourth. October fourth. October October fifth is always the uh, dedication of the Abbey Church. So where Father Ryan and I went to college, um, it's the dedication of the Abbey Church. And so we we always know that anytime St. Francis' feast day is coming around, it's going to get bumped (laughs) because the Abbey Church uh, feast day you know comes around. So yeah. Uh, So for those of you who are monks who somehow have a copy of our uh, our show. Well, we're we're glad that uh, you're listening somehow, uh, and happy feast day to you. Mm. All right. Well, there there is a, a saint that we have been talking about, or an almost saint that we've been talking about for quite a while now, yeah. and that is Blessed Carlo Acutis. Yeah. Well, and, guess, uh, well he's venerable he's, now, yeah. but he will be. TBD. He will be uh, blessed in just yeah. a, a little over a week's time from the time that that we are here, uh, speaking with you. And uh, if, you, uh, if you want to know about somebody and what they're really like, you just have to ask their mom.
1: I know. Have you seen that picture of him? Well, okay, so like they, they uncovered his tomb, right, for yeah. veneration. And like there's a picture of his mom standing in front of his tomb. Mm-hmm. And she's not an old lady, like which, I don't know, like there's nothing saying that she should be an old lady. But like you yeah. think someone's standing in front of a saint's tomb and like she's the saint's mother. Yeah. Or like the, you know, soon to be beatified's mother. That like she might be a little bit gray, but she's not. She's so yeah. young because well, he was so young. I was
0: going to say, well, Carlo. Um, I guess we should tell you a little bit about him. Carlo uh, was a, a youngin. Uh, he died at fifteen from leukemia, mm-hmm. uh, but before that happened, a lot of things were happening in his life, and his his mom always said, like, I don't know how he knew who Jesus was. Yeah. I have no idea because at that time they they uh, they weren't going to church. And yet, she said every time we wanted to drive by, we drive by the church. Carlo would always Mm -hmm. want to get out. He would always want to go into the church. So incredible! And that's, I mean, one of the things that we say is that we recognize that the gift of faith is itself given directly by God at our baptism, Mm -hmm. and it manifests in different ways and in so many different ways. Yeah. And uh, and this perhaps is one of those ways, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I love his story because I. I can't get over the fact that he was born in 1991. Mm-hmm. Makes you know? sure a little old, yeah. I mean, a little bit, but also like, you know, we say that like we're we're called to be saints, like the saints are like sanctity starts here on earth and mm-hmm. like the communion of saints is is here and now as well as in heaven. You know, we say these things, we mean these things, but then you like you look at a saint, you know, kind of I don't know, their information on their baseball card. And you see that, like, his birthday was in 1991. You're like, I was born in 1992. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, my fiancé was born in 1991. I'm like, you're the same age as a saint. Like, Yeah. And I think about, like, I went to Italy around this time that he would have been, like, alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, would I have walked in the same place as him? Yeah. Like, I just think that's crazy that, I mean... You know, obviously that's the, that's the case for a lot of different saints, but like someone so modern, someone so real and like tangible for us.
0: That's right. And and uh, on his website or the website that um, that handles it, that's handling his cause for canonization, you can download what effectively are like his family photos. Yeah. And so. These are so cute. And they are. They're very cute. And so I mean, right behind Olivia on on her monitor is uh, is a picture of Carlo uh, on a soccer team yeah. and a picture of Carlo um skiing slaloms yeah. and then um and then you know there's there's one that i don't know if we can uh, see, I yeah, love I can't, the one can't quite see it behind me but uh but Carlo is wearing a spider man costume for I Halloween you know yeah. that, that's the thing is we we often forget that the saints are they're not they're apart from us but they're one of us you yeah know?
1: well and like I find it like really particularly beautiful because he just, it was like so natural. Like you read about like Mm -hmm. parts of his life and he, he was just lived authentically. Yeah. But like part of that authenticity was his love for God. And it was just unashamed and just natural. And like, some of the things that you'll read about like his mom saying are like you know after he made his first communion he would walk himself to mass because they didn't they weren't you know practicing catholic family mm-hmm. so he would walk himself through the streets of milan to go to mass yep and i imagine that's kind of like a mini pilgrimage for an eight-year-old because like his gate's not very long you know I mean, oh, yeah, the yeah. church probably not that far Little away but steps. like but i mean he's still he's going by himself into like Away from his family into the presence of God, you know, and yeah. but he's he's choosing to make that journey because out of his love for God, you know, that's right. And then, even like, um, uh, he, his mom said like he would make kind of like restrictions or rules for himself, yeah, like when it came to playing video games, like he played video games, but he said he only gave himself like an hour a week to play yeah. video games,
0: and that's and that's where uh, he kind of mixes into what we're talking about in this episode is that, but before he died. Uh, blessed Carlo, because he he died in 2006. Well, Father, you and I remember what uh, what the the digital world was like in 2006. It was just kind of coming to the fore, and uh, all of a sudden the iPhone was about to be a thing. I don't know if Carlo would have ever known. I don't think he ever knew what the iPhone because that didn't come out until 2007. But but right. th- the notion that the digital continent, as we call it, was was essentially being born in in these early 2000s. Yes.
2: Yeah, DSL was was a thing. Of course, we remember traveling to Italy in 2007, and there was no connectivity anywhere. But no. if, at least the internet was starting to be a thing. Yeah. Um. You know, and and it, and certainly he would have experienced it at, at the schoolhouse, even if he hadn't experienced it uh, at home. You know. So, so I mean, yeah. I mean, take the digital continent. The idea of interacting with people online, of course, goes back to BBSs, But but it would have been something that he would have been able to interact with at least in. In a limited way, and so that's yeah. that's an incredible thing. I mean, you know, this is one of the first saints to have stepped onto that digital con. That's
0: mm-hmm. right, and uh, and and in so doing, he knew that uh, that technology and the internet, even even at 14, 15 years old, he knew that it could be a very dangerous place, because even from the world of the of the bulletin boards of the BBS uh, services. Um, it's a place where you can access things that, that are not of God, right? Mm-hmm. Whether, whether it's a absolute just pornography or whether it's things that are, I mean, there are people that trade spells back and forth and all sorts of satanic stuff on the mm-hmm. internet. And so even Carlo knew that the internet comes with it, not only a great potential, but a great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things his mom talks about is, you know, I think that uh, what he wanted to do was to, to be a young person to evangelize but to do so through the gift of temperance the mm. spiritual gift of temperance mm. and if you think about it uh, that's one of the things that's missing in our society today yeah. is that particular virtue of temperance uh, I, I would imagine that that uh, kathleen uh, you know that even in the lives of students temperance is one of those things that that doesn't always get a lot of play
3: oh yeah not at all they like they if it's in front of your face yeah. they you know they're on it i i can't say how many times a day I have to say, put away your iPad, Mm -hmm. put away your iPad for the fifth time, Mm -hmm. put away your iPad. You know, there is no, um, you know, trying to teach them that and try to teach them, you know, when should we use it? And Mm -hmm. just because we can use it doesn't mean that we should. Mm -hmm. Um, are we relying so heavily on this? And, you know, thankfully I've had some really good administrations who say, you know, look, this is a tool. Yeah. You know, I've also had, you know, been places where they say, w- wherever you can use this, you should use it. And it's like, no, <laughs> right. you know, like if, if my kids aren't discussing because they're YouTubing, you know, yeah. then we're not going to use it. And, and so prudence and temperance and, you know, everything that has come along with with the responsibility of technology yeah. um, is very difficult to to teach young people because they're not getting. Either they're not getting it a lot of places where somebody says, you know, hey, this this is, let's use this yeah. wisely. Let's yeah. use this sporadically. Even it's
0: yeah. One let's of the do things,
3: everything online.
0: One of the things so. I find very interesting is that is that soon to be blessed Carlo figured out that we have to have another app on our devices to tell us that always spending time yeah. l- scrolling or even worse, doom scrolling, as they call it nowadays, You know, just scrolling oh, yeah. to find whatever bad news I can. Oh, uh, having to get a report thrust back at me to say, you know, this is, this is what you did. Yeah. Um, the gift of temperance, that spiritual gift and that virtue, mm-hmm. uh, allow us to, to put the stop in place before it happens. Yeah. And I think sometimes you forget that temperance itself is a gift. Yeah. It's a gift that's given to us uh, by the Holy Spirit. And then it's, it's one of those things that we can begin to act on. You know, until yeah. it becomes a lived virtue.
1: Well, and I mean, I think of um, <clears throat> excuse me, Joseph Peeper's, um, He wrote a book on uh, like he wrote two books on all the the uh, cardinal and the theological virtues. Yep. But the one on the cardinal virtues, he talks about temperance because mm-hmm. it's one of those virtues. And in it, he defines it as selfless self preservation. Hmm. Um, and I that has like stuck with me ever since I read that. Um, but selfless like, self preservation. Yeah, like I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm not being, like, self-referential or, like, conceited to the point where I'm, like, navel-gazing, you know, but, like, out of love for myself, I'm mm-hmm. going to preserve myself, but I'm going to do it to the point of, like, self-forgetfulness. It's yeah. almost paradoxical.
0: It reminds me of what St. Paul talks about almost every time that he speaks to right. the, to the yeah. Philippians. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. If, if you're going to be an imitator of Christ, imitate me because I'm trying my darndest. Mm-hmm. to to be an imitator of christ and so if you're if you're stepping through me as a vehicle to get to the lord to to see how i'm trying to live yeah then then do that
1: yeah Yeah. well and what's beautiful about carlo and his like the accounts of his life are that he's he's living virtue even though he might not have even been able to like define what that is or like tell you yes i know that i'm living i'm trying Mm -hmm. to achieve virtue as the mean relative to the person no like you probably (laughs) couldn't do that but, like, I think about his life and, like, kind of that ease with which he lived a life of virtue. And that's something yep. that, like, like the hardcore saints have to struggle for. Because, like, yeah. I mean, like Kathleen was saying, um, the first step in virtue is just discipline, mm-hmm. right? And if you have to have, like, a, a monitor on your phone or, like, one of those apps that only lets you be on Twitter for 10 minutes a day, like, that's a discipline, right? And it's yeah. good but eventually like our vir- our virtue has to come out of that discipline phase right we have to be able to like kind of work those muscles out so that we can do it on our own mm-hmm. and then the third kind of step of that is is doing it with ease right yeah. it's not arduous anymore it's it's easy even if there's darkness right, right. like mother teresa experience it just flows naturally from their person and he achieved that so young like even in those awkward like middle school years
0: yeah can you ima- i i can't imagine uh, dying in the midst of my teens um, and, and having developed a life plan that is, and I quote, to always be close to Jesus, that's my life plan, unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know at 13, 14, 15, or maybe even 16, maybe 16, but 13 through 15, I don't know if I could have Art- yeah. articulated that. Yeah. I really don't.
2: Yeah. I don't you know. know, if I, know um, I, I, have, I have a parish that's named after St. Therese, we celebrated her our, our parish feast peace, peace day today, mm. uh, and the readings for St. Therese today were, you know, be like a child.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord
2: brought the child into its midst, and I know that when I've done youth ministry to little kids, like mm. 8, 9, 10, some of them, the more precocious among them, will say, oh, I've got a life plan, and my life plan is to be a saint, go to heaven with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's a precocious kid, but but you kind of get the idea that, that Carlo may have been that kind of precocious kid. Yeah. And then, thanks be to God, you know, the Lord takes him before he has a chance to lose mm-hmm. uh, that childlike innocence. So I know we had a couple of, of young'uns in, in, uh, at, at one of my previous parishes who kind of became hangers-on to the youth group, even though they were a little too young, um, and and they just wanted to know the Lord. And, uh, you know, by the time you get to be 15, 16, and, and puberty, and the—, and the real life and all the other stuff starts coming at you, you lose that childlikeness, and it becomes so much more difficult, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to be, um, you know, that, that kind of, that, that, that sense of, all I want to do is love Jesus and that's enough. Yeah. I don't need to succeed or I don't need to, to get this SAT score. I just need to love Jesus and that will do. You know, that's kind right. of a gift that he never lost that.
0: That's true. It really is. And I think something that that's really beautiful about this story too is, is, is his witness, as with so many of the young saints, St. Therese is one of those that I I think about too, is that in, in their quest to become saints, we just kind of going through the day by day, other people are drawn into their wake. Yeah. You know, and I think about like his mom who, who essentially said, you know, he was like a little savior to me because he pointed me to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what a what a beautiful thing! I mean, to be able to to have your parents say, "My child led me to the Lord because I didn't know Him." Yeah, you know, that's um, what what a, what a beautiful gift to every parent, mm-hmm. even if the parent doesn't realize it at the time. And and I look at it, perhaps I'm going to be a little too referential about uh, the world in which we live today, but uh, I see from from my perch, you know, in a parish, I see children bringing their parents to Jesus. Because there are two or three generations now of of uh, of the nuns, right? Yeah. The ones who who don't believe anything. We like to call them millennials or this that and the other, but they they did not receive the gospel, mm-hmm. and so and so now it is their children who are somehow I think by a direct action of the Holy Spirit active in their life. Like I I, I did a, a baptism a couple of years ago for some kids who um, who were seven years old, and I fully initiated them, which is of course what the law of the church uh, tells us to do. Mm-hmm and i mean the day that they were confirmed i saw a maturity of faith in them that that caught on uh, mm. to other members of of my parish family and mm-hmm. and there is i mean everywhere every everything in me goes that is the holy spirit at work oh, yeah. you know drawing people into the into the spirit's tether into the spirit's that that kind of that wake of the boat that's uh, that's passing by you know oh yeah um but that being said father we we have to say that uh you, you can't just spend time around a saint and become one. You actually have to want it for yourself, right?
2: No, you really do. I mean, I think that, that the, the idea of being around a saint is a big deal. But, of course, you do have to take the reins at some point. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think one of the big challenges for that is that so so few of our young people and so few of our adults have been adequately catechized. You know, mm-hmm. I got a, a message on Reddit today from a young man who was just weighed down yeah. um, with anxiety about the fact that he was experiencing temptation, mm-hmm. and I was like, "My my, my man, <laughs> Listen, there's a distinction between sin and temptation." Yeah, you know. And and after after our kind of back and forth, he was completely blown away because you know he was carrying this huge weight of thinking that the, that he was displeasing the Lord mm-hmm. uh, because of bad catechesis. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, God knows what would have happened had he had to carry this longer, and then said, "You know what? It's not worth it." It's not worth mm-hmm. it to put up with all this guilt yeah. and all this garbage. And, you know, it's just, if I go to hell, I go to hell, but it's just easier to live my life without this. You know, and there's so many people, I think, who carry around faux burdens yeah. Um, yeah. because of bad catechesis, you know, who leave the church because of bad catechesis, who who say the church's teaching is absurd because of bad catechesis. And so, I mean, I, I think that that's a big part of what, Someone like Carlo brings to the party yeah. is you say, you know, I'm, I'm living the faith. You know, maybe you should look into the faith and understand it more deeply, mm-hmm. rather than just kind of riding along or going with the flow.
0: That's right, and and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about perhaps one of uh, venerable Carlo's greatest additions to the church is he he believed once he kind of caught on, he's like, I, I'm I'm all in for you, Lord he surmised that people would come to know jesus if they knew what a gift we had yeah. in the eucharist yeah. and it kind of along the lines of what we've just been talking about and so he was one of the first ones uh, in the in the um, kind of the realm of Isidore of seville he began to catalog all the eucharistic miracles mm-hmm. and so now even today there is a eucharistic miracle exhibit that mm-hmm. travels around yeah. and i didn't realize it at first that's him that's mm-hmm. all of his yeah. information and in his data and so again, you have somebody who falls in love with the Lord, who looks at the technology that is available to them in the, in the, in the day, and then says, I'm going to use this to try to evangelize. And that is truly evangelism, right? Yeah. It's saying, I'm going to try to bring people to the Lord by this means. Mm-hmm. And even though he only used the internet once, uh, one hour every week, mm-hmm. he was able to get all of this work done.
1: Yeah.
0: The saints typically uh, know how to get a lot of work done in a little bit of time. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. And speaking of a little bit of time, I guess we should uh, take the moment to remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. All righty, yeah, we are the Catholic Underground, uh, and we are online most of the time at CatholicUnderground.tv, or you can uh, download our podcasts on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere fine podcasts are served. I'm Father Chris, joined uh, as always by Olivia Galino, who's here in studio with me, Studio A. Uh, over in Studio B, we've got Kathleen. Uh, hey, Kathleen. Hey. Still here. <laughs> still, still here. And then uh, Father Ryan is joining us in Studio, well, C. Um, studio. Central
1: studio.
3: Louisiana.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Delta nine. Delta nine.
0: Studio Delta nine. That's right. Yeah. We'll just assign it a Greek name. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, uh, if you've been joining us, we've been talking about um, soon to be blessed Carlo Acutis, and uh, we are now uh, kind of stirring in what he was able to bring about uh, in the midst of, of what we're called to do, and that's to be good digital citizens. I mean, who who would have thought that uh, that we would be now in the midst of a world where we live almost. I don't know how, how many hours a day would you say you live online? I mean, you, you're, you're both teachers, Kathleen and Olivia. Yeah. <laughs> so you live a great deal of your life online now. Can
1: that not count though? Cause that makes me sad to think about. Sometimes <laughs> I, was... <laughs> I literally think about like, like, Oh, I got a lot of work done today. And then I think about like the physics of it. And yeah. like what I did was I sat at a computer all day. Yeah. I got work done inside the computer, but like my functional life was like me in a chair. Yeah. And that makes me very sad.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I was I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, I'm on three devices right now. Yeah. I have a, a desktop that monitors the screens of the kids that are in my classroom. I have a iPad that um, my kids who are in the classroom zoom in on. And then I have my actual computer, like my laptop, um, where I teach from, I project from, and then I check my email, what seems like every 20 minutes, to see what has... What What's has changed, changed in the world of whatever? <laughs> and I'm like, world I fresh can't.
0: Hades awaits me this 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like,
3: so, so. I mean, I would multiply that 90 minute classes, three 90 minute classes times three screens. I yeah. mean, uh, like 27 hours a day. I yeah. think. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> right. yeah. you're yeah, you're, you're almost living a Martian day online yeah, yeah. every mm-hmm. day. yeah, that's right. And Father, I know that you and I we spend a good bit of our time um, in front of a screen as well, because that's part part of priesthood now today in a weird way is spent online. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean it's it's one of the questions I'm asking myself because I'm fortunate enough to be in a smaller parish where, other than the live streams of mass and and the usual emailing and stuff you have to do, um, I'm I'm really trying to reduce my my digital footprint a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, just just as a a function of my own sanity, yeah. Um, you know, but but I mean, it's yeah. I, I feel very much like Kathleen because I'm looking at at not one but four screens right now, and I'm feeling like you know this is a lot of uh, oh, yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of digital uh, juice flying at me. <laughs> That's right. The air. And
0: well, yet so we yeah. recognize as Catholics that we have a a really important part to play. Because, you know, all the technologies that are open to us uh, are, are in themselves gifts. You know, the mm-hmm. fact that that human reason can bring about the 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 biddling and booping of ones and zeros and to make it work for for something greater than ourselves. That's that's a gift. And so we actually have something to bring to the party. And we as as Catholics would recognize this as a place where um, where the Lord can and must dwell. And Father Ryan, you and I. Uh, say it so often now we probably forget that uh, the digital continent is that place right that's the place that uh, i think it was pope benedict the 16th that might have coined the phrase
2: it was he he wrote a message for world communication day mm-hmm. uh, and he said listen there's a digital continent that parallels physical nation states and and the reality is that that we have to have someone there just like we've got to have boots on the ground in australia and boots on the ground in Canada, and boots on the ground in Poughkeepsie. Uh, we have to have boots on the ground on the digital continent, and that means that we kind of have to go everywhere. If, if the Lord is going to go to the ends of the earth, then we have to go to the ends of the digital earth as well. And uh, and so he painted a picture of a handful of evangelization tools. Uh, and in fact, if I recall properly, the first Catholicon that we did umpteen years ago yeah, was based on exactly this theme, yeah.
0: That's right. And, and the notion that, uh, that reflecting on new technology and our responsibility and, uh, and even encouragement to use it, he, Pope Benedict liked to talk about uh, promoting a culture of respect, dialogue, and friendship, mm-hmm. and how so much of, of what we, not just as, as, uh, as people are called to do, but most especially as Christians are called to do, is to promote culture that is oriented towards life. Mm-hmm. Life giving, right, and not life taking. Yeah. Um. Because so much of of culture, especially now, is oriented towards kind of the the taking of life and, yeah. and the selfishness of life. The opposite of temperance, as we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Just complete indulgence, and yet to truly understand respect and dialogue and friendship in that in that mode that comes to us from Christ is is really really important. Yeah. So uh. So yeah. So that that's um. Uh, all of that involves a, a kind of a love and a responsibility, as John Paul II would have said. And, uh, and so, that, length, yeah. yeah. And so, that there is there are all these components to, to kind of staking your claim on the digital continent. Mm-hmm. And it's not just um, a personal component, because I think oftentimes we think about that, right? Is that it's just a personal thing. Yeah.
1: Well, I think some people think of it like if it's truly a continent, well, then like my presence on the Internet is like manifest destiny. Like I uh, gotta yeah. get there before someone else does. Yeah. And I got to like stake my claim no matter who I hurt, that's you right. know, and it's yep. like that's a, that's a, a an attitude that doesn't have like true dialogue. Like like John Paul II made that distinction of like dialogue is dia logos. Mm-hmm. Like it is the, the between the words. Right. Yeah. The, but between the persons. Right. Like mm-hmm. as the logos lives in you and in me. That's what we're we're what draws us together in this conversation. And he was talking about ecumenism when he said that, but like it applies in every situation. Every person that you talk to has the logos, the image of God in them, and Mm -hmm. so like that's who what you're meeting. It's not like a zero sum game where like I got to get there before someone else does.
0: And yet that seems to be what most most comment boxes are like today, yeah. right?
1: Or I got to defeat someone before yeah. they defeat me.
0: And I think that's the supernatural component of this is that we, we as certainly as Catholics, recognize that we are attempting to bring the Lord along with us, right? It's kind of like the digital road to Emmaus, as he is walking mm-hmm. along, even in the midst of the people that we're talking to online. Mm-hmm. And And so we have the responsibility to say there's more to this than just me talking to you. Yeah. But but the direction of true dialogue is aiming towards God.
1: Yeah. You know, and dialogue
0: I- that doesn't have an end yeah. other than just to talk isn't really dialogue.
1: Well, and it, cause it's got to mean something like, like if you want to just speak into the void, well then that's, Nietzscheanism like that's that's fatalism that means that like are my words my feelings don't mean anything and I'm just just speaking into the void and like no it's got to mean something it's got to have gravitas
0: that's right and uh, we uh, are not speaking into the void but we'll be back after this you're watching the Catholic Underground and listening to it as well stay right there You are listening to, you are watching the Catholic Underground. Uh, I am Father Chris Decker. I wish I were surfing. <laughs> this, uh, you know, the the ukulele music always makes me think of being somewhere with a, a nice tropical cocktail and perhaps thinking about throwing myself into the surf um, in a in a you know reasonable way. Yes. Yeah.
1: In a moderate virtuous. In way.
0: a moderate virtuous way. <laughs>
2: Um, moderately virtuous. Moderately I mean.
0: virtuous. Yeah, the moderately virtuous are joining <laughs> us, as a matter of fact. Uh, while I'm kind of going off on a tangent in my head here, that you don't know anything about. I'm Father Chris, joining joined by Olivia Galino. Also, Kathleen Lee is in Studio B, and Father Ryan is uh, on Space Station uh, Delta Six or Nine. I I that don't know. It. You turn it upside down. I, I can't to. tell. Yeah. Anyway. Whatever so. One you like. <laughs> whichever one you like
2: so yeah we just as you like yeah.
0: we we've, we've been talking about uh, our responsibility on the digital continent we talked about uh, soon to be blessed carlo uh, acutis and uh, and so many of the things that are going on here where there is a there is a civic component a personal component a religious component to being online and it's not just simply i have a connection therefore i must use it yeah. but the connection that i have I need to use properly. And right before the break, we were talking about the notion of true dialogue, that it has to mean something. Otherwise, it's not dialogue. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. So,
2: you know, John I um, had a wonderful phrase when he was teaching the catechism back in like 96. Yeah. He did this big video catechism, and he started off with this big, deep voice, and it says, Jesus didn't say, count my sheep. He said, feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people said they won't show up. But I mean, nowadays, it feels like on social media that all we're doing is counting our sheep. You know, I've got mm-hmm. so many followers, so many hearts, yeah. so many retweets, so many likes. Um, and it's easy, like like Olivia was saying, just to speak into the void. Yeah. Uh, and the only payoff, it's not, not souls, it's not people listening. It's just people who are willing to click that stupid thumbs up. And <laughs> yeah. that gives me a, a, a microscopic burst of adrenaline that makes me feel like somebody loves me. Right. And, you know, that's pretty far away from bringing
0: people to Jesus Christ. Well, again, and, and I think that that plays into the narcissistic nature of, uh, of the Internet. We, we tend to kind of like you, you ever um, when you were a kid and you went on television, your local, you know, CBS affiliate for whatever morning show program and you're supposed to look into the camera and wave, but everybody always looks into the monitor and waves oh, so yeah. they can see themselves waving at, you know, yeah. at the at the camera. And, and I think that that's a lot of what we do on the internet now. nowadays is is it becomes kind of this, um, we, I heard the, the phrase earlier, kind of this n- navel gazing online so I can watch myself interacting with people so that I can watch them interacting with me, which is again, mm-hmm. me looking at myself saying, I did this.
1: But what's so interesting and like I want to know what Kathleen thinks about this because like, I find that with like my students or even just with like young people in general like they want to be heard and they want to be like understood but they don't really want to be perceived Mm -hmm. I was just talking with a friend about this like Mm -hmm. like um you know if I have to have a student who's like remoting in from home and I like put them up on the screen so that everyone in class can see them and there's still some interaction you know like when once I say like hey you're on the big screen they just all of a sudden like start to hide you know and it's like this fear of being perceived, even though like that's what they're constantly doing is like tweeting or snapping mm-hmm. someone or sending a picture or whatever. I don't know. Kathleen, what do you think? Like, do you see that?
3: Yeah, I think I must have for a long time that kids that, you know, are young people and I would say I venture to say adults as well. Like everybody yeah. wants to be special, yeah. but we try our darndest to fit in. Yeah. And it's like and to be like everybody else and, and to I,
0: craft the way in which we're perceived. Right. That's, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. the thing. Part of it. Yeah, Yeah. it's almost, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the book of Genesis, isn't it? Uh, Adam and Eve made their choice, right? Uh, It was a poor choice, but they still tried to make themselves um, presentable in their own way, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, First of all, by hiding, and then by saying, well, if we've got to come out into, into the midst of, of, uh, of you, God, um, we're gonna we're gonna cover ourselves because yeah. there was shame that was involved. and yeah. it's really interesting that we see this kind of lived out online nowadays too is it, we often say that that the, the true measure of, uh, of the virtue of a man or woman is whether or not they practice their Christianity in the dark. Yeah. you know when when, no, when the cameras are off when when I'm not tweeting, when nobody is is thumbs upping me, yeah, um, am I still am I still living for a purpose that is greater than myself? Yeah, and I think may, maybe the, Father Ryan, that's the big question that we're asking. We're saying, what is it to be a good digital citizen? I think it starts, oddly enough, it starts with me saying that I am not on the internet just for myself.
2: You know that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it j- just like ordinary Christianity begins with God is God and I am not. Yeah. Uh, I think any, any, any real evangelization, and by which I don't mean, you know, being an apologist on the Internet or, or you know, just just being a Christian that lives in a way which shows forth the fact that the Lord Jesus the, the, lives in my heart, yeah. you know, that begins with the acknowledgement that it's not about me. Mm-hmm. And, and we all have that kind of radar, right? We all see somebody, and within five seconds on YouTube, we know whether this is going to be a thumbs up or thumbs down. We all go to Mass, and it is a priest we've never seen before, it doesn't take long for us to go, oh, this is Father all about me, or this is Father all about Jesus. You know, I mean, it's, it's just the nature of, of our ability to read authenticity. Yeah. And in the culture nowadays, which is authenticity is really the only currency that means much, yeah. you know, we've, we've really got to, to be putting that, that question you raised before anything, is it about me or is it not? And, you know, right. is it about God or is it not?
1: Well, and even I feel like when it comes down to perception, like you could be, you know, the most authentic person lived and, you know, in real life and online, Mm -hmm. but someone will always find a problem with it. Yeah, someone will always have a bone to pick with it. So it's like part of your authenticity, I feel like has to be like a strong backbone Mm -hmm. or like the ability to mute a comment notification, like just so that you don't have to like kind of. Risk going into despair because this person mis- misconstrued what you said or yeah. who you are. Um, just because there are always going to be those little like vultures looking out for that. But yeah, because like uh, it, if if it was just that simple of like, oh, I'm just going to be an authentic person, then like I think we'd see a lot less conflict. But there's sometimes where like I can be the most genuine, authentic person ever, and someone is still going to find a way to kick me. Yeah, you know
2: that's true, that's and it's true. You know, I had a a, a random tweet go viral about. about you know, about six eight months ago, and I got twelve or fourteen hundred likes, and the the trolls came out of the woodwork. And mm-hmm. I thought that I was a fairly stable, you know, human being, and it it shredded me. It was yeah. a really miserable week, um, you know. And, and and it's even even when you have a sense of like you're living your faith, it, you're you're right, cuz it, It's really or Olivia should say it's really painful, yeah. uh, you know, to to be challenged. Um, that was the first time I was just saying I'm just going to block. You know willy-nilly anybody who's obnoxious it's just not mm-hmm. worth the energy to floss.
1: yeah
2: but, but you're right that's that's a big challenge that authenticity isn't enough
1: well and especially because like if you're being authentic it probably means you're also being vulnerable yeah um and vulnerability but, means that like there's some kind of like openness like some kind of like flesh that's that has the skin kind of like open you know what mm-hmm. I mean like not to be gross but like yeah you know so and and you're doing that in the sense of like this is who I truly am this is maybe something I'm struggling with whatever and someone's gonna find some salt and throw it in there and like it is gonna like really hurt and like the tendency could be to just be like well I'll just never do it again right that one and done never gonna do it again in fact I might even be less vulnerable in my daily life with other people yeah And, like, so I think that nowadays, I don't know, I'm on Twitter, so this is, like, all stuff that I'm seeing on Twitter all the time. And I feel like, like, the temptation is to, like, shrivel up, like, little, like, like, daisies Mm -hmm. um, or to just, like, go into the dark and stay there. So, like, I feel like the fortitude has to be, yes, in the, like, the act itself, like, I'm going to post this thing because I believe in it or I'm going to, I feel like people need to hear this. Um, but also like in the, the brace back, yeah. you know, like waiting for the, the the blowback of the shotgun or something mm-hmm. like waiting for that because it's going to be painful, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, with with the, the mass being uh, kind of necessarily shortened just because there is not a whole lot of music and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, my homilies on Sunday tend to go maybe 10 to 15 minutes, you know, so I, I, I give a little more time on Sundays because this is this is the, the, the one um, the one barrel of the shotgun I've got, you know, to, yeah. to give you the catechism and and to give you the word of God. Right. And to and to break it open. And and so um, we've been streaming mass now for what seems like forever. And uh, I was unprepared for just a random comment. Uh, Father Mass was great, but homily was too long. Hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, one, two, three, it couldn't have been more than, there, there was nothing too long. Yeah. And I was shredded for, for, a good, for a good two days. And finally I had to say, okay, did I preach the word? Did I preach it well? Do I stand by the homily that I gave? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I've got to get on with my life. Yeah. You know, and to be willing to go and be vulnerable again. And I think about, gosh, our Lord. We, we clean up the image, but our Lord was naked before mm-hmm. the public. Mm-hmm. He was completely open to shame, mm-hmm. um, but he did not pull himself down off of the cross mm-hmm. because hanging upon the cross for our salvation was worth it. And I think sometimes whenever we present the truth, we have to be willing, in a sense, to be crucified in the public square. Um, even, it, I mean, there were many trolls that were spitting on our Lord, mm-hmm. not to put myself in the place of the Messiah, etc. But, but whenever we, whenever we say this is true and I am willing to stand by it because my belief in Jesus Christ stands with this view, Yeah. then I mean, well, like, and you got to be ready and willing, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And I don't even think it's like incorrect or inappropriate to say that like <clears throat> you have to kind of be willing to be Christ-like even in that. Cause like, yeah, like. Twitter doesn't have a different God than I do. You know, like there's not, it's not a different kind of world. And it's same with like any, any and all of the internet. Like there's not a different deity that controls the internet or like has sovereignty over the internet. And like, regardless of what people think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, or like much, much worse. I am, I don't become a deity when I go on the internet, you know, like, especially if I hide behind some kind of anonymity, um, like that can be maybe a catalyst into me thinking Mm -hmm. there's no rules, there's no consequences. I'll do whatever I want. But, Like, it's not that's not the case. Reality is reality is reality. And so, like, whether it's online or it's virtual. God is still God. And which means that sometimes we're going to have to have like a, a little small martyrdom like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess one of the things that we could do is talk about some of the things that are going on, because we talk about Catholics staking our claim on the digital continent and being present there. And I know, uh, Father, one of the ways that, that you're present, and I don't even know if I have the moxie to, to dive into, is you've actually taken to Reddit and oh yeah i i've only okay. visited reddit a couple of times as a tourist but i so there's like r slash catholicism r is like the reddit channel right and then right
2: so it's like reddit.com slash r slash whatever uh-huh. you have i mean everything you have everything from birds with arms <laughs> uh, which are just birds that have photoshopped arms on them oh. uh to okay. to which is r/ weird. Slash cats are liquid you know where you have pictures of cats that have Form themselves into loaves or other things, um, but you have R slash Catholic, which is generally more of an anti-Catholic uh, mm. thing. It's got it's becoming overwhelmed with with practicing Catholics. You have R slash Catholicism, which is generally a pretty good place to to ask questions and to read articles and to get a good news feed. And then you have R slash Ask a Priest, where people are just asking honest questions. You know, I'm I'm an RCAA. I've, uh You know, I'm I'm gay. What do I do about that? Or you know, um, I'm I'm wondering about whether or not cats go to heaven. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's just just it's a free for all, and um, it's it's a place where you have some intense trolling, but at the same time, you've got you've got a lot of people from all over the world. Yeah, uh, it's like the fifth or sixth most visited website on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have you have a lot of people from all over the world who are who are genuinely asking honest questions. I mean, in just in the last week or two, I've answered questions from a Muslim, from someone who's an RCIA, from uh, some young young people who are trying to figure out how to live their you know their life, asking questions about confession and and mm. what if you desecrated the Eucharist as part of a prank when you were younger? Do I need to mm. you know ask for mm. uh, can I just go to absolution or do I need to to actually get that penalty lifted because now I I see there's a lot of the communication mm. associated with. it. I mean it's it's a broad swath of questions wow. and it's fascinating reading and you you don't I don't even think need a, an account to read you can just go to R-E-D-D-I-T dot com slash ask a priest. And, and there you go. Yeah, so it's, it's
0: interesting. And so that's just that's just one of the many ways. But I, I know that uh, that certainly as priests and probably you guys as teachers, um, you, you have people that ask you questions on, on live streaming. Of course, everybody now uh, after the the COVID crisis, um, it's really cool to see my parishioners praying the rosary on mm-hmm. their live stream. It's mm-hmm. really cool to see them doing devotional activities um, and, and doing prayer groups, and things like that. That's really, really cool. Um, and, and one of the things that I have been kind of like you, Father Ryan, uh, been thinking about is limiting my time online. And now that, uh, soon to be blessed Carlo was an, an advocate of that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can do that too, you know, um, and, and, and what that looks like as well. Uh, and then I don't know, Kathleen, have you ever considered just, just completely deleting all of your accounts? And
3: I have, but I'm not, I'm not brave enough. <laughs> um, I'm, I, more, more, the way that I receive love, so the, my um, my love language that I receive is words of affirmation. Oh uh, yeah, um, and and it can it, it as devastating as it is to normal people. <laughs> um, it can it can pretty much floor me sometimes. And so there are definitely times when, like I've taken my uh, my work email off my phone uh-huh. because I work from a certain time to a certain time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, and because we are so connected. Yep. Um, you know, we feel like, and I've been having to teach my students and their parents that I am not available 24 seven. I right. have, a you know, my, when I say this to my students, I'm like, I have a life mm-hmm. that doesn't revolve around answering <laughs> your email about a question that I already answered eight <laughs> times in class, you know, and I, I made that. And one of the greatest things was I made that very clear this year to mm-hmm. parents and adults. And for me, social media, I'm, I'm more addicted to it than I would like to say. And so, so I haven't, yeah. Um, you know, I've gotten off of a few, uh, mm-hmm. but like to delete Facebook or to go on, you know, on hiatus, I, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, but definitely like that was one of the greatest things I said this year was after five o'clock, I'm not going to answer your email. <laughs> and then if it's on the weekend, you can forget it. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah. like, so well, sorry. And, and, you know, it's gotten a little, they've gotten a little, you know, had to get a little used to it, but. Yeah. You know, I find that there weren't that many people that were like, well, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. You know? Well,
0: and, th- and that's a difference between just completely deleting and, and limiting. And right. I mm-hmm. I know uh, I have um, I have deleted like the Facebook app and the messenger app just because I can't I can't handle the volume of things yeah. that come at me. Volume right. And word. and so I, I do have to just kind of. Uh, make the volume, but then because I, I do dr- drawings and things like that, we'll talk about that in a second, but because I, I use Instagram and that sort of thing, to have the integration, to have it post everywhere, I have to have the Facebook app on my phone. So I found, and I'm telling my secret, I found that if I just kind of put it like several layers deep oh, yeah. in my phone, I forget yeah. about it. Yeah, um,
1: if it's not like,
0: uh, if it's I find that like, it's not like, staring like, me in the face.
1: I have, like, muscle memory, so, like, Mm -hmm. if I move apps around, I'll, like, yeah, I'll find myself just, like, my thumbs are just doing things, and I'll find myself in an app, and I'm, like,
3: whoa. Yeah. (laughs) How did I get here? Yeah. That's
1: a problem. Even if I, like, just took it off the little, like, I don't know, desktop, Mm -hmm. um, because, like, Android, I can have, like, all of my apps, like, in, they're all in, like, a a cache, but then Mm -hmm. I can have them on my desktop, whatever. Uh Anyway, um, if I took them off there, I wouldn't scroll for them as much, because I'm, like, I don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, maybe, like, let my laziness work for
0: me. I've had to interrupt my muscle memory for that very same reason i've also
3: uh, deliberately turned off notifications yeah i'm Mm -hmm. like if i because i I get if i get a little red bubble on i'm like (laughs) i'm gonna go check it right now but like i don't want that don't push that in my face father ryan
0: you're one of those too you've you've turned off your notification
2: bubbles yeah i try to remove as many apps as i can i try to do as much things through the website as i can because if that little red bubble's there i can't breathe. I can't offer math. I can't do anything to that freaking bubble. is not there
1: anymore. I kind of feel that way. Yeah. yeah. If I have yeah. things I can't resolve, then yeah. Or, or like haven't resolved yet yeah. on my notification screen.
0: Yeah.
2: It's really interesting that all the of this, bubble apps have to be on page two of my phone. I can't.
0: <laughs> it. it's, it's interesting that uh, what we've talked about for almost an entire hour has to do with being temperate. You that's know, true. it, yeah, it that's really, true. it really is about saying, Lord, please give me the gift of temperance so that I can choose wisely how to preserve my own life so that I can be present, yeah. truly present to others.
1: Let me ask you a question then, because this is something that I've been thinking about. I even had my, some of my students read an article about this. So, mm-hmm. all right. So if we're supposed to be temperate yeah. at all times and in all places, but also when it comes to online, like that's a specific place of evangelization. Mm-hmm. Like I'm supposed to be living a gospel-driven life yep. there as well as always, but like especially there. Can you do that and also be anonymous?
0: Hmm. i i I don't think so, um just kind of sight unseen. I don't think so because it requires a person to person contact, and part of that true person to person contact involves the vulnerability of you knowing who I am, yeah you know
3: yeah, I would imagine like it would be the same as if I were trying to teach a class. You know, mm-hmm. and and they and they didn't know who I was. Like mm-hmm. I'm taking an online class right now. I know who my teacher is, yeah. Yeah. but I don't have a. You know, even that's difficult to engage and to not not really invest in what he's saying because it's a grad level theology course. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty much there. But I can imagine if it were some if it were some other course like if I didn't know who that teacher was, I wouldn't really invest in yeah. what they were saying. You I know? mean, I,
0: I know as a priest, there have been times where people who do not know me other than the fact that father is in front of my name, they'll yeah. ask me a question. And there is some value mm-hmm. to maybe me not knowing the person, being able to be perhaps hyper objective yeah. in that sense. Um, but but even still, they know that I'm a priest. So I mean, right. I don't I don't know if it's quite the same thing.
1: Well then, and I wonder like kind of based off that, if like, Maybe is there a certain place where anonymity can serve someone? Like maybe a place like Reddit because that sounds like
0: a Father Ryan question. <laughs>
1: because and I'm I'm literally just didn't like working through like thoughts oh, right, right yeah. now. But like because you know someone might see you know a picture. But that's really of your what profile. the confessional is, isn't it?
0: Really? Well, yeah, that's true. It's, I suppose, it's anonymity yeah. unless
1: I mean the priest might remember your voice, but give him I, five minutes, I never he's gonna do. forget. Yeah. yeah, I never do. Um. Because I'm just wondering, like, you know, if someone sees your profile picture and it's you with a, with a collar on mm-hmm. and they see Father Chris Decker on platforms where you can actually put that. Yeah. Um, and there's a, automatically a certain kind of like trust there yeah. or a certain kind of whatever response right. there. Right, right. Just like, you know, someone might find me on Twitter and like read my little bio and be like, I'm going to trust her. I'm going to hate her. Mm-hmm. Like we kind right. of decide what people what boxes people are going to fit in
0: because of how they reveal themselves right
1: so i wonder if yeah. anonymity could ser- i'm literally just thinking but like if right. anonymity could serve dialogue in a certain sense if like people didn't already have preconceived notions about me hmm. you know what i mean based yeah. on what i look like what well, my job is whatever
2: there's a there's a philosophical distinction between anonymity in the sense of not having any idea an existing kind of you know, uh, as two avatars without any, any meaningful distinction. And then the idea of, uh, you, you, you know that I'm a priest, but you have no idea what my name is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like Reddit, Reddit, people know me as my username, my handle, which has nothing to do with my, my legal name. Um, and so there is a sense of, of anonymity that, that, that's there. But that's. But they still. It's not like I'm not me. I simply don't use my name or defining characteristics. Right. Um. And, and so there is a certain level of, you know, like I don't know who Sparky Flame is, but Sparky Flame is another priest. And there's another guy named. Um. It's like Calcedon Warrior or something like this. I mean, there there is a certain amount of, of anonymity. Uh. That that exists in in not knowing, not being able to connect that this person is Father Bob. You know flaggard or whatever. Uh, but there is also a fundamentally different thing, I think, that exists uh, in the confessional. And, and there's a philosophical thing here, because the best confession I ever had in my life was some priest I've never met before in Fatima. and yeah. I've never mm-hmm. seen him again. And it was transformative. Yeah. And the only thing I knew about him is that he was a priest. So, yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of layers there, way more, I think, than we could talk about here. But it's a yeah. good question. It's a really good question.
1: <laughs> yeah. no, And because, like, what you're saying is interesting, too, about, like, I wonder if in, in that instance, like anonymity serves because like, there's maybe like true freedom, mm-hmm. like in knowing that, like, like in the sense of confession, right? Or yeah. in, in the instance of confession, mm-hmm. like I know that this priest doesn't know me, he doesn't have any ideas about me. I might be sitting face to face with him and I'm just a person, but he sees me as a person Yeah. and then, and I see him as a person. And that's like, right. that's the only strata that we are able yeah. to meet on is personhood. And you know? that is
0: one of the things that the world communications day messages pretty much dwell on in some form or another. Yeah. practically exclusively is how do we see beyond a person's avatar how do we see beyond how a person mm-hmm. presents themselves to be willing to to see them even if we don't know who they are to be able to willing to see them you are a human being therefore mm-hmm. you are worthy of respect you are worthy uh, of the inherent dignity that's given to you and therefore i will exercise that yeah um, and that that is an incredible challenge because the temptation brought about by uh, by the effects of original sin is for me to bring down a watertight door between a relationship, a real lived relationship. And the challenge, I think, of, of the Internet makes it so easy to just kind of slam that door and say, I will, I'll talk to you, but on the other side of this window. Mm-hmm. Almost like the way we've been living our lives for, you know, quite a while now. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh, but, but that's the thing, is is to be able no matter what, to be able to see a person as a person and not just simply dismiss them. Yeah. And boy oh boy, is it hard. It's hard for us as priests, but it's hard it's hard for teachers, it's hard for parents, it's hard, hard for, for adults any, yeah. who are trying to adult, you know. Yeah. But again I go back to to almost Blessed Carlo and in, in this notion of If I'm tempering myself in the way, in in the time that I spend, and in the attention that I give to various things, that actually helps to humanize me because Mm -hmm. I realize I'm a creature and not Mm -hmm. the creator. And perhaps then, I then am able to see somebody else as a creature of God as well, yeah. as a subject of Almighty God.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot to be there, uh, to be uh, gleaned from that for sure. Uh, do you think we have time for a uh, super short pick of the week? All right, let's do that part of the show that we like to call...
2: The CU Pick of the Week.
0: All right, this is going to be a lightning round pick of the week because uh, Olivia is really good at these 11th hour. I have a very deep question I'm to ask, sorry. so here we go. That's All right. right, that's okay. That was a good question. All right, Father Ryan, you're the guest, so what's your pick of the week?
2: I've been rereading old books. Uh, one book that I thoroughly enjoy is Michael Crichton's State of Fear. It turns out to be wildly relevant to the current culture we're living in. Uh, it's an excellent book. It's available on Amazon. It's probably available in other places, too. State of Fear. Here by the author Michael Crichton.
0: Okay, uh, very good. Yeah, Kathleen, your pick of the week.
3: Yeah, I've <laughs> been uh, looking for ways to unwind and totally unplug. So, uh, I've been catching up on the Great British Baking Show. Yes. It is now currently in collection or season eleven, um, but I am, I'm I think I'm on collection seven. Um, their hosts are Noel Fielding, who I love. He's so strange. <laughs> and it used to be Sandy Toxvig, Talks- but it's now Matt Lucas. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. And of course, the judges are Prue Leith and the excellent Paul Hollywood.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, gotcha. I can I can see that you'd probably like that for sure yeah. okay. Paul Hollywood alright Olivia your pick of the week my
1: pick of the week is um, Santa Clara design I know her yeah really yeah she's awesome yeah so I have like some of her stickers that someone got me for my birthday on my water bottle but all of her designs her prints like her things that you can actually order um, stickers all of her stuff is really really beautiful yeah. really well done it's minimalist but without being like sacrificing meaning so, it's yeah.
0: a a lot of it is reminiscent of uh, of woodcut etchings which yeah I that's true. Is really really cool really yeah, cool yeah for sure my pick of the week, of course, because it's October when we're coming to you, is Inktober. So the way that you can view those is by uh, going to the hashtag. So that's the pound sign for those of you who are typing it. Um, hashtag Inktober or hashtag Inktober 2020, and you can do that pretty much on any of the social media outlets. Uh, so if you're if you're on Facebook, um, you can you can look at that uh, hashtag if you're on instagram it's probably the best place to do it since instagram is kind of a, a visual medium and then on twitter too if you want to see what uh, other artists are doing i should put a, a little disclaimer out there hashtag inktober and hashtag inktober 2020 you get what you get when you type that hashtag in there because not everybody is a catholic priest doing inktober i'm just just putting that up there right if you want to see my inktober drawings you can go to at digital catholic that is uh that's my handle on pretty much all the social media Uh, congratulations everybody you did a lightning round pick of the week quite well very good and we had a we had a meaningful discussion in in five minutes and we did the pick of the week so how very cool is that well I suppose we should uh, go ahead and start wrapping up the show now, uh, which uh, normally I hear music at this time, but I don't hear it yet. So uh, anyway, uh, The Catholic Underground is made possible by the viewers, the listeners, by the prayer warriors, by the benefactors like you. If you want to become an official undergrounder today, you can go to catholicunderground.com and find out more. You can also help us out by letting others know about us. Remember to like us, to heart us, to star us on your platform of choice and the podcasting service that you use to listen to us have, has a review option, then consider leaving a favorable comment as well. All right, our panelists this episode has been Kathleen Lee at Klee626 on Instagram. Thank you, Kathleen. Anytime. Olivia Galino as the at the.real.omg on yeah, Instagram and Twitter. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. Father Ryan Humphreys is at FR Humphreys on, uh, on the interwebs. Uh, thank you, Father.
2: Happy to be here.
0: Also, uh, I don't think I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Albert has been our, our audio director. Thank you, Albert, very much for sitting in Jeff's chair and doing it so, so well. Thanks, Albert. Just
2: keeping the Jeff Star 1 in orbit.
0: That's right, keeping it in a low Earth orbit. Also, uh, Ed Ball is our video director there in the ball pit. Uh, so if you're watching us, that's exactly what it looks like when Ed switches the video. Uh, if you're listening to us, well, we hope that it was okay. And uh, the audio is always good with Albert. Uh, Jim Hayes is our research assistant. He's uh, got his crew in the lab, and they're always um, looking things up feverishly for us. You know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me online at Digital Catholic on Twitter and Instagram. And you have been listening to The Catholic Underground. Uh, We are cutting through the noise. You can find that still, small voice. And we hope that we've helped you with that today, and we hope to help you with that tomorrow. We'll see you next time.